Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Fernandes, Lockwood, Maffazoli, the post-semifinal edition of On the Grid podcast. Uh, you guys were neck of the woods, north and south last week. You, Scott, you were at the Ram game. Dennis, you were at the Indian game. Uh, two tough semifinal losses. Why don't we recap what happened? Scott, sounds like you were up in the Jacksonville area. Uh, Mandarin a little too much for review? Yeah, they were. They just the, the speed they had on the outside with those receivers they had was something else. And uh, that quarterback, that Carlson kid, I mean, he was hitting, dropping dimes on Riverview's defense. And he had 470 yards passing and four, four or five touchdowns. It was unreal. And you see why this kid might be starting for Alabama in a couple of years. That's how good this kid was. And you know, Riverview made it interesting in the end. They um, overcame some turnovers. They recovered a couple of onside kicks, but uh, just kind of ran out of gas. And you know, heck of a season there for Smithers and crew. I think they finished what was a ten and four, no twelve, eleven and four final record. But very good season for them. I mean, that's the farthest they've been in fourteen years, and they got a lot to look forward to over there at Riverview. Yeah, when I saw Riverview play this year, the good games, as with most teams, they didn't com- turn the ball over. Their opponents turned the ball over, and they capitalized. It sounds like. Uh, against Mandarin, they could ill afford to have turnovers, and they did. Well, one of them was deep in the red zone, and that, or the, the receiver or the tight end had a 13-yard catch and run, and at the end of it, he caught the ball up, and that was the turning point of the game. If Riverview scores there, it's a one-score game in the second quarter, and um, they still got a chance, but they, I think it was two plays after that, and they they went down the field and scored again on one of those long passes, so... Uh, it's just because, like you say, they can't turn it over. Smithers said the same thing, and at the final four, you just can't do that, and then that's what got them in the end. Before we move over to Aquinas, I mean, they'll be losing uh, several key players, obviously Allie Boyce being one of them. Did Smithers have a chance, probably not, to even address the future uh, with this team? It looks like he's got a foundation in place. He didn't really. Uh, Michael Hayes didn't play the other night for unspecified reasons, but uh, there was a couple other kids that didn't play as well. Uh, I think he'll be back next year. And uh, Sean White, young quarterback, he'll be back another year better. And they're, they, like they said, they've got a whole lot to look forward to over there at Riverview next year. And obviously, if they got a chance to come back if they have, if the Hayes and they find a running game again. I don't see why they couldn't be back there again at this time next year. Yeah, I think they've established themselves as an as an area, if not power, a very good team. Dennis, you were down in Fort Lauderdale. We've all been down there in our storied careers for football games. It sounds like uh, just a little too much for Aquinas, right? Not the best uh, Aquinas <laughs> team, but uh, certainly a typical Aquinas team. I mean, they had speed in the backfield. They had speed on the uh, defensive ends. And, um, you know, they made things tough for uh, Venice. I mean, Venice had chances early. They got the, they got the ball down in the red zone. They just uh, kicked field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. You know, where Aquinas' defense just got a little tougher. You know, we always talk about what a great environment that is, at least if you're a home a home team down there. What was the environment down there? Did Venice travel very well for this game? Oh, yeah. Venice yeah. had a ton of people there. Um, the Aquinas said their stands were full. <laughs> um, you know, the bands were there, and, uh, you know, it was very festive. You, those kind of – I mean, when you think about high school football, those are sort of the settings you think about, right? Yeah. Full houses on both yeah. sides, bands, excitement. Yeah, even Riverview, uh, they, they had three-fourths of the stands full on their side, and that's a – 
four and a half hour drive to where the stadium was from Riverview. So you had that. The entire Kilty band was there, and it was it was you had the you walk in the stadium and you had that big game feel, and that's something that uh, it's been lacking through a lot of our games this year, but. You can feel it there, and I'm sure you can feel the same thing down there at Aquinas. Anytime you go to Aquinas, it's a big game feel. I don't care who's playing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably whatever, no matter the sport. Well, especially probably, when you're yeah. when you're walking into that football stadium and you go right by that trophy room, and I think the teams have to go by it too. Yeah, they go by the trophy room. They come out of the same tunnel that uh, Venice was uh, trapped in for about five minutes while the uh, Aquinas people did their chants, and uh, yeah. A little bit of intimidation. A little bit of intimidation. Now, you know, after the game, I saw it. I was just flipping online, and I saw a little report. Lack of a handshake between, oh, what, Harriet and uh, and Peacock? Explain yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> I saw the video just like everybody else did. Um, Roger kind of blew him off and, um, you know, explained himself to uh, <laughs> saying, you know, he, uh, Peacock's not good for the industry or whatever. So uh, you, you would think that a winner <laughs> would have better sportsmanship than that, but you know they are Aquinas. So. Well, wait a minute. Has I mean, has Peacock ever come out publicly and trashed that program, or 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 their recruiting, or whatever they do down there? He's mentioned it a few times. Remember after the, <laughs> after the uh, 2016 state yeah. semi, he's like, "Yeah, I think we need to hire a magician or something yeah. to go against these guys." And uh, that was one of my favorite quotes ever from a football coach was that that night. And you know, the Aquinas. I saw a lot of things going on on Twitter too, and how people were criticizing the fans and. You know, I was down there for the volleyball state final and saw the same thing. They were just they were booing the team like hardcore. I mean, you usually don't see that real loud, but they were they were saying some things in the crowd that day, and I'm sure they were at the football game too. And they're not um, a favorite amongst fans from this area. I know well, that. Well, was that the match where Wheatley pulled them off the court? Uh, no. Yeah, that was. Well, I'm he, talking oh, about oh, that. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. The, the fans were kind of aggressive. Right. Oh, they were getting aggressive an hour before the game, and just uh, yeah, and. Um, so they were getting aggressive there, and of course their bench was right in front of the student section, and they were the students were literally coming in right behind the huddle, and the the administration wasn't stopping it right away. So that's kind of why he did what he did that day. <laughs> I guess when you talk about the the, the Aquinas package, yeah, maybe their fans, their zealous fans, are are part of it. Well, I think when honestly. you have if you look in the gym and you got forty some odd state championship banners in the rafters, that you know I think they've earned the right to talk a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. Well, wait a minute, uh, I busted your chops. Uh, the day after the paper came out, because in the in the in the in the preview boxes, uh, there was one pick on the Venice game. There was no pick on the Riverview game, and I thought you, being a Riverview alum, last week you, on the sh- on the show here, you 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 picked a Mandarin victory. I, I thought maybe you didn't want to put it in print, but obviously that was a editing technical that was, that was sort a, of production problem. That was right? a technical glitch, and I am uh, <laughs> I gotta say I topped the uh, the expert oh, yeah, here that, by one game. How does how the heck does a, a a a season of picks come down to one game between you? Because two? Because this moron sitting in this chair that's talking right now couldn't pick a playoff game to save his life. But uh, yeah, you, I, I was five or six games ahead going into the playoffs, and all at once the, the league was cut in half, then cut in half again, and we were tied going into the last game. I don't know how close it was last year with my predecessor here, but that was a little... I was starting to think about that walking up and down the sidelines at Venice the week before. I'm like, this can't be good. And, you know, I'm luckily we held on and get a year's bragging rights because you got beat by a rookie here at the Herald Tribune. Well, we both picked 80%, so I'm not going to, yeah. you know, wallow in my that, that sorrows is, here. That is pretty good. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see? It would take a lot of work. You know how you see some lines... It's the straight up line and the line against the spread. Oh God! Maybe we could use the uh, the pinko. Yeah. 
uh, sort of his spread and make calls against the spread. I don't no, think your guys' records will that. be that good. I thought I mean, that we, when we pick final scores, I think that's hard enough. Yeah, if we're right. trying to pick a spread, oh, <laughs> take yeah. the take the over every I time. Mean, Pinkos is eighty percent too. So, yeah. but you know, he had uh, <laughs> he, he had Lakeland uh, a seven point underdog last week. So against the number seven seed, yeah. I don't understand. I didn't understand, I understand that understand logic that. at all. And, yeah. and speaking of which, for like the seventh or eighth time, maybe I'm a. Lakeland plays St. Thomas Aquinas for the state final. That's going to be – I mean, we haven't seen Lakeland play in quite a bit, but I would imagine that's going to be a full house, just a great, great That's going to be one to watch on TV, I think. Yeah. Yep. So we don't have to, we're not going to be going over there for anything, but that'll be one to watch on TV if not. we can, yeah. Uh, you, you had your wrap-up article. You also tweeted out the final scores. Looking back on the football season, guys, uh, did everything go according to form? We had our two or three dominant teams, good teams, a lot of other teams that, that struggled this year. Did it, did it go according to? Yeah, I would say so. Uh. I mean, I, I don't think there were you know too many surprises. You know, right. Bayshore early. But, um, you know, at the end, it was the cream that rose to the, crowd, the top. You know, St. Stephen's uh, certainly represented themselves well. That might have been a surprise with all the guys they graduated last year. But, um, you know, Todd Cronetti put together a nice uh, staff and, and got the kids playing again. Say my first year here at the Herald Tribune covering football. I mean, it was um, quite the learning experience getting to know all these guys again and making the rounds. And like Dennis said, I mean, the teams that we all thought that were going to get in the playoffs did. Uh, I thought Booker getting there was, and the way they had the second half of the season was great. And um, you know, Palmetto making it like they did in the second round, and we thought that would happen. And Venice Braden River, as always, I didn't see the first game. The first game was better than that second one was, but. Uh, just a, uh, it was a fun year. We can say that. I mean, saw a lot of bad football along the way too, but you know that happens at this level. And we're playoff, the playoff games, at least the ones I covered with the Mooney, a Mooney playoff game, it went down to the final seconds was great, and it was a good year, a lot of fun. Uh, Paul Meckley obviously have had they had they had a quarterback there. Uh, the last few weeks yeah. of the season, there's no telling. Had they had the fifth quarterback there, yeah, the fifth you know, quarterback, they need to take the, uh, the fifth there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's a learning lesson, I guess, even for somebody who's been around that long. Yeah, you hate to see a season that went as well as theirs just go up and smoke like it did in the first round because their injuries were so bad, and they still almost pulled that game out at the end. I mean, they had their chance and just just kind of ran out of gas at the end of that night. So with football over, guys, now we got to segue into the uh, the winter sports. You want to do a little quick little recap of uh, maybe what we've seen so far and maybe uh, maybe we'll see down the road? I saw the Riverview basketball team without Malachi Weidman, right. arguably their best player. Um, they beat Venice by 40. Um, I would say they're going to be one of the top teams. Charlotte, Port Charlotte have gone off to a good start down uh, south. Uh, Lakewood Ranch should be competitive. And Booker plays IMG tonight, the national team. And I'll be there. I'm interested to see that. See, I've actually seen Venice's girls soccer team. I read a story about them last week. I stayed for a little bit of that game, and they're they're going to be a tough out for anybody this year. I mean, they, they, I saw somewhere they've outscored their opponents. I think forty four to six on the year so far, and they're good. And I had a story about some of their players last week. Um, Lakewood Ranch basketball. I was out there a couple weeks ago for their opener of, or training camp. Talked to them a little bit. You know, with us doing all this football, we haven't seen at least from my side. I haven't seen a lot of the winter stuff yet. So. We're uh, going to be getting into that. We got some wrestling coming up, and you know, next week I'm going down to Charlotte to talk to some of the wrestlers, and they have a couple of state champs back, and it's it's going to be a uh, interesting winter time here. How, how soon before we get emails from either the football coaches or the ads asking when is your all area team coming out? Mm, soon, soon. 
Yeah. So we'll be making the calls, and then we'll be getting the uh, the athletes here for the photos, and uh, the same thing as we do every every prep season, I would imagine. Uh, anything else, guys? We've already gone. Uh, we're going on twelve minutes. Apparently, last week we had eighty nine listeners, but they only stayed for the first five minutes. Right. So maybe we should just make the show five minutes. Yeah. And then we'll ensure they all listen for the entire show. Right. Uh, anything else going forward? Oh, a couple of things, uh, sort of uh, prep related. I wrote about it today. Casey Kelly will be pitching in South uh, Korea uh, next next season, getting a million dollars. And uh, I was I took a tour of the Braves' new ballpark down there. It's about seventy five percent done. Uh, one thing they're going to have to do is expand the road to get in there because I was driving in and it's just a one-lane road. Oh, boy. And I'm thinking they're going to have to... But that's part of the plan. The infrastructure is in place. Now they got to do the, the side things. They're saying it could be one of the best uh, stadiums in in, uh, in the area. i got to write something for tomorrow. How? I mean, is that going to be any better than what Ed Smith looks like, a renovated Ed Smith? Charlotte Park is a great atmosphere. McKechnie, it's like you walk back in time when you go into that stadium. Right. How can a new stadium in the middle of Northport be any better than our three uh, in the area? That's that's tough. I mean, I, I wasn't there to see that yesterday. Right. I mean, I've been all over the state. You know, Jack Russell up there, the uh, Russell Stadium up there in right. Clearwater is amazing. Um, all sorts of good ones that are around the state. The, even the one the Braves came from in Orlando was pretty good. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing it next spring. I'm sure we'll all be there on the 24th for that first game in one way or the other. But uh, it's a long ways from now and can't wait to see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm interested to see it myself. Yeah, I know teams like having all these opponents on the West Coast that – hour and less bus ride and they're, play, they're playing the Rays I mean that's a 15 minute bus ride from Charlotte Sports Park for them to get there in that first oh, it, game it, so, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's amazing there's no reason why we shouldn't be seeing some veterans in these games right because yeah. it's not an hour two hour bus ride right Yeah, a lot of veterans don't like to take these bus rides but it's a short one it might be a late spring training split squad game too you know how those work hmm. but you never know but we're getting ahead of ourselves uh, baseball is for the podcast down the road yep uh, anything else guys we'll wrap it up huh? after 13 minutes uh, uh, what else? Uh, wrestling? We haven't mentioned wrestling. Well, they're just getting involved in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're just uh, starting up. Uh, there's the Lemon Bay Duels this Saturday, and the uh, the uh, one down in Charlotte uh, uh, next week. So the singlets are being pulled from their boxes and locker rooms, and yeah, off the hooks. The Captain Archer Memorial. Cap- Captain Archer. You know, in the middle of winter, when you hear Captain Archer. All right, guys, we've gone long enough. For Scott Lockwood, Vanessa Maffazoli, I'm Doug Fernandez. We'll see you next week on the Herald Tribune podcast. Out. Out. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.